have your Bibles tonight, Ephesians chapter number four. While you're turning there, you know, I think you have to go on a missions trip to realize the privilege we have. Um, how many have a Bible tonight? Would you raise your hand? Raise your Bible. Raise it up tonight. Raise it up. Look, look at all the Bibles tonight. Um, you have to realize when you go to a foreign field, not everybody's got a Bible. Have a, have a booklet from BIMI that the country of Papua New Guinea um, asked one of the men at BIMI, could you help us get Bibles? And they raised the funds, shipped the Bibles, passed them out, and they just reached their one millionth Bible. And there are whole schools that are three, four hundred, where the children got a Bible for the first time in their life. And people are being saved, and the churches were growing because people got a copy of the Scriptures. And so I didn't know that. I didn't realize God loved me like that. And so you and I in America, it's on TV, it's, it's on radio, there are, I don't know how many, not, not all of them preach the gospel. There are dozens of churches that do preach the gospel in this area uh, of different styles and types. But you could hear the message um, there in Brazil with Sao Paulo has 20 million people in it. And I remember preaching a a conference down there for missionaries that came from all over Brazil. And I think there are probably 500 missionaries in Brazil. Now think about this. For 70 million people, 500 preachers? Think about that. Um, it's like one for every quarter of a million people. And you and I can hear the gospel if we want to. They cannot. And so uh, when we go to the Amazon, Lord willing, if that's where the Lord works it out for us to go, we have a missionary there uh, that is uh, building churches in the banks of the Amazon from Brazil and, and, and uh, Brazil and Ecuador and uh, I think Colombia, right there in that corner. And uh, he's got churches in different areas there. Uh, I think he's got eight of them going. Uh, but you realize that the Amazon is 2,000 miles long, and there may be 10 churches. Can you imagine having to go 200 miles to a church? Um, we are privileged. So tonight, I just want to remind you of the theme for the year. Do you see it? On the sheet, both sides, into his image. Well, tonight we're going to look at that just a little bit. Uh, if you have your Bible, Ephesians chapter 4. I will abbreviate the message tonight. I have about uh, 17 minutes. But I want you to notice in verse 17 of chapter 4, and this I say therefore, uh, and the therefore is preceding, I want you to be perfect in Christ. I want you to mature in Christ from 12 to 16. 
But notice 17, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds. Vanity, original word there, is an empty mind, empty of eternal value. Uh, the, the vanity is a useless mind. It's thinking about things that, that don't last. It's thinking about things that are so temporary, fleshly things, things that make me feel better today, but tomorrow I need it again. Notice, if you would, in verse number uh, 19, who being past feeling, they've been past the ability to feel spiritually, Now, can you imagine that? Not feeling guilty, the Holy Spirit touching your heart if you cheat somebody, if you lie to somebody, if you ran around on your wife or your husband. Tonight, one of our deacons made a comment about, um, before church, about how they had been to a, a a different country that, uh, it, like Alaska, that is darkness most of the time. And he said he went with a military group and, and said everybody there became so vile because it was always dark. And one of them came up to him and said, why is it you're not running around with your wife? Why is it you're not, you're the only one that I see? That's the way we as Christians are to be, a light in the darkness. So notice he says, verse 19, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness. Lasciviousness is the Greek word for unbridled lust, doing whatever you want. So these military guys would go to this country where it's always dark and it's almost like uh, men love darkness and, and it sort of hides their sin. So they just let all their things go. They forget they're married. They forget uh, the, the principles they live by. They, they just are there to do this one thing militarily and nothing else matters. And that's what he's saying here. So many people like these Ephesians that worship the goddess Diana that was an immoral god that had uh, prostitutes on the, on the uh, steps of the temple. And so this is immorality. And he says unbridled lust is everywhere. He said Christians don't live like that. Now, notice, he said, who being past feelings, there's no more guilt. There's no more conviction. They can do anything. They could kill and not feel bad about it. They could be immoral with someone and not feel bad about it. Oh, that was last night. Who being past feeling have given themselves over. They've done it themselves of their own free will to lasciviousness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. And, and, and this greediness is, is, is just a what I want, what's good for me right now. And folks, Christians are to look down the road. It's not about now and here and now. It's about tomorrow and next year. It's about seeing the Lord. That's the reason this morning it says, when we see him, we'll be, be ashamed. He says, I want you to live so that you're not ashamed when you see him in the future. 
So live right now. So notice what he says in verse number 20. But ye have not so learned Christ. Look, that's not the Christian way. That's not what Christ wants us to be like. He wants you to have a disciplined mind. He wants you to have a disciplined lifestyle. Disciplined by saying, is this what the Lord would want me to do? Is this okay with the Lord? Is it okay for me bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ? So he said, that's the way Christians are to live. Now notice, if you would, he said, you have not so learned Christ. Look in verse 21. If so be that you have heard him, if you listen to Jesus Christ at the Sermon on the Mount. This book is only written 30 years after the Sermon on the Mount. 35. So there are people here that are 50, 60 years old that heard that sermon that heard Jesus talk. He said, it's so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. He said, the, the truth is in Jesus Christ. Now, folks, tonight, we as Christians learn truth from Jesus Christ and his word. This is the truth. And uh, you and I have to figure out what we're going to consider as truth what we're going to consider as the rules for our life, the way we live. And so you might say, well, uh, I'm going to live so that my, my wife's happy with me, so I won't do this and I won't do that. Or I want to live so my parents are happy with me, so I won't do this and I won't do that. But when I get away in the darkness of this country, I'll do whatever I want to do. He said, look, you have not learned Christ like that. Notice what he says. <clears throat> In verse number 22, and I'm just going to pause at these two words. They're in the aorist middle voice, which means you do them. Middle voice is you do it for yourself. Um, you know, sometimes I'm having my devotions in the morning. I'm sitting there, and, and uh, I, I'll, I'll forget a pen, or I'll, I'll, I'll forget a, a Kleenex or something. I'm sitting there. And, and I'm comfortable and, and talking to the Lord. And I say, honey, would you get me a, uh, a Kleenex or a Scott towel or whatever? Um, I, I spill a little bit of coffee here or whatever. And she does it for me. This word is, notice verse number 22, that ye put off. You do it for yourself concerning the former conversation, the old man. Now, everybody in this room has got an old man. You're born with it. Everybody here, and this old man wants to make you feel good. He wants you to have pride about yourself. He wants you to lift yourself up by your bootstraps. He wants you to be recognized, you to be noticed. He wants you to be somebody. But the Lord Jesus says, I will lift you up if you will put your humility on. So humility, um, about a five-syllable Greek word that simply says not rising far from the ground in your mind. Not thinking yourself very important except for the Lord's sake. And so he says, look, I want you to put off concerning the former things of the former conversation. Filthy words. Put them off. Um, dirty jokes. Put them off. Wrong thinking, put it off. 
do it yourself. It's not up to me to come by and say, uh, uh, Brother Larry, uh, sorry, second row, third row now. Uh, Brother Larry, would, would you, you can't talk like that. You can't that word, use that word around me. Um, you and I have to be sensitive to the old man and things you used to do and say, I don't want to do those things anymore. So I'm going to put off the old man. Uh, take your Bible and turn to Colossians chapter 3. And I want you to notice this. Notice, if you would, Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 8. Now, keep in mind, Paul is still in prison. He was writing to the church at Ephesus, now the Ephesian church. Now he's writing to the Colossae church. And so notice now what you would. Look here. Look at verse number 8. But now ye also put off all these. Now, these are things from the former conversation that all of us have or have had. Put off all these anger, wrath. Anger is more inside, wrath is more displayed. There's probably a lot of people here that you have a lot of anger built up on the inside, but you don't display it much. And there, there are some people here that you display it, and you're throwing things and raising your voice and yelling, and, and that's the old man. I was in my home before my dad left um, as a teenage boy. I never heard my dad yell. I never heard my dad curse. But I watched him get in the car and drive away and never come home again and marry two other women. The Lord doesn't say, I want you to pick these things and don't do them. He says, I want you to change your image, everything, to be like me. Holy. We don't get to pick. But notice he says here, anger, wrath, malice. I, I, I want to pay somebody back. Blasphemy. I can't believe God did this to me. I can't believe God would do this. Let this happen in my life. How many ever heard somebody say that? Sort of a blasphemous thing. God's not doing something to you. Maybe it's a result of our sin. Maybe it's to bring you to himself. Notice, if you would, filthy communication. Well, there's the wrong words. There's the wrong jokes. Out of your mouth, verse 9, lie not one to another, seeing if they have put off the old man with his deeds. Now, there's an old man that all of us have. Uh, take your Bible and turn to Romans chapter 7. And don't think that you're alone in this. Don't think that Pastor Pittman doesn't have an old man. <clears throat> now, I want you to understand, all of us are born with this old man, this old nature that's selfish. Going to the nursery, you'll see the children maybe fight over a toy. Uh, that's our nature. That's the old man. But as we begin to get, we trust Christ as Savior, the Bible says in, in, in uh, Ephesians chapter 1, we get the Holy Spirit. He's placed into our heart to give us a new man. The Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. So he's trying to say to us, 
This new man is brand new. It's all brand new for you. It's in the image of Christ, and the Holy Spirit will guide you into this new man. But you have got to put off this old man. Or if you do both, you don't curse, lose your temper, but you run around on your wife. You don't run around your wife, but you let a word slip every once in a while. Or you'll tell an off-color joke, or you'll make a comment that's not right. Or you'll lose your temper, or uh, you'll, you'll have anger in your heart, and nobody knows it but you. Uh, and, and so you're not in the image of Christ if you look in the mirror of the Word of God. And so, now, now notice if you would, in Romans chapter 7, look if you would in verse number um, 15. For that which I do allow not, for what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. Paul is saying, I got an old man too. He said, notice verse 21. Excuse me, verse 18. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me. I want to do right. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. I can't seem to figure out how to get rid of my anger. I can't realize how to get rid of that that word that just comes up every once in a while. I I can't figure out how to get rid of malice. Sure, I'd like to pay that guy back. Or I want to make this guy laugh, so I'll tell a joke. And so notice what he says in verse number 21. I find in a law. It's something written down. That when I would do good, evil is present with me. So until we get saved, that's the reason the world, and he says this, love not the world, the message this morning and tonight, that's the reason he says, don't live like the old conversation you used to have like the Gentiles do. They don't even really try to do right a lot of times. If they do, it's a little bit of right and a lot of what pleases me. The Christian is to take me and let me die. And it's all about him. That is when we become in his image. And everybody in this room, you've got to work to be what Christ wants you to be. Now, notice this. I want you to see in verse number, um, verse number, verse 22. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, verse 23, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members, verse 24, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And I I remember telling you about Virgil was an author 2,000 years ago, and he tells of a tyrant uh, uh, Megazentius that would take a body that somebody killed and attach that body to them, strap it to their back, and the body, as it died, killed the person. And that's what Paul is referencing. Notice, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Now, if I pause right there, I got two minutes. If I pause right there, it'd be a terrible night. There's no hope. We got this, we got this 
dead body in our bodies that wants to do this, this, and this, lose her temper and get bitter and all these different things. But notice verse 25. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's who can deliver me from the body of this death. So then with the mind, I serve the law of God with the flesh, the law of sin. So I want to let the Lord take charge of my mind and my body. And that's the reason he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, No, you're not. Your body is not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God with your body and mind and soul. Now, take your Bible, if you wouldn't, turn back over to Ephesians, and we'll close. Verse 23, you got to come back next week, and we'll go through this, this good part, okay? Notice in verse number 22, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Now, deceitful lusts is really a cool word. Um, it, it is a lust that is delusional. It promises you satisfaction, but it only delivers it like that. That's why the drug addict is strung out. He's got this delusional lust. If I just take one more snort, I'll be okay for a while. Yes. But in eight hours, 10 hours, I got to have another one. I was just talking to one of our men out here. Um, a matter of fact, I think it was the, the superintendent. He says, yeah, we had a guy that we worked with at a great company. Uh, he was, it, it was one of the best companies. I think it was an electrical company. We used them all the time. And he said, somehow he got hooked on meth and he burned up the cash in his company to keep his meth habit going, and he lost everything. A delusional lust. I can handle it. I can do it. Notice verse number 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man. Next week, we'll go over how to do that. But I want you to notice we're renewed where this word here is to renovate, is to take something in, in, in shambles and to make it something beautiful. And so take your Bible and turn to Colossians 3, and last verse we'll look at. Colossians 3, look with me if you would at verse number 10. <clears throat> Colossians 3, 10. And have put on, in other words, past tense, I know, you have put on the new man which is renewed, remodeled, in, in the knowledge, you've got a plan of attack. You've got a design that you want, and it's the design of Jesus Christ, renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. So our design of our life is to be like Jesus. And he said, you renew it by renovating yourself. And so Next week, we'll come back and see how to renovate our mind and renovate our heart and make it into the image of Christ. This whole year, the goal, because we're going through this book, is, is to cause us to realize, I want to be more like Christ today than I was yesterday. How do you do that? Well, there's a way to do it, step by step. The first step is say, I don't want to be that old man anymore. Come back next week, and we'll see how to renew our lives in Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads for the prayer. I'm going to ask <clears throat> Penis to come and play a verse of invitation hymn.
maybe you're struggling with one of these old men things, and you want to put on the new man. Well, you don't come to this altar and say, Lord Jesus, I've struggled with this my whole life. I'd like to have victory. I can give you men that, uh, I've dealt with men that are 70 years old, strung out in pornography, and, and the wife just puts up with it, that have gotten victory over it because they followed the idea, the principles of renewing my heart. I want to be in the image of Christ. And so tonight, maybe you've got one of these uh, prevailing sins that, that has been plaguing you. It's been around for a while. I want to have victory over it. You can have. Remember this. Paul said, I thank God I can have the victory through Jesus Christ. Victory is in him tonight. You come to this altar and say, Lord, I want victory. Maybe you know someone that's struggling with something, and you can say, I'm going to pray for them. I'll lift them up. Uh, you, maybe there's some uh, on the prayer list that you've got a burden about. A part of the new man is not putting yourself first. It's putting others before yourself, and it helps us to renew our minds. Lord Jesus, speak to hearts tonight. I thank you for your great love to us, to give us the hope and the dream that we can be in your image and hear your words well done when we see you. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's stand to our feet, if you would, please. We'll sing just a verse of, Oh, to be like thee, uh, page number 375. You need to come tonight. We'll not play it on, but you come. Lord, I want to be like you. I want to be in your image. Let's sing together. Oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer, this is my constant longing and prayer. Gladly I'll forfeit all of earth's treasures. Jesus, thy perfect likeness to wear. Oh, to be like thee, oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer, pure as thou art. Come in thy sweetness, come in thy fullness, stamp thine own image deep on my heart. Next week, you bring somebody back. Um, there are so many people who would like to know how to renew their life in Jesus Christ, how to renovate their heart after Jesus Christ. So I encourage you to come back next week. Uh, don't miss it. Uh, you'll enjoy the message uh, not the messenger, but you'll enjoy the message, okay? So I encourage you to come. Uh, be sure and greet somebody before you leave tonight. Uh, Brother Scott, where's Brother Scott? Thank you and Christina for taking our kids, for the blessing it is for them, for them to be able to get a heart for missions. And uh, I'll remind you, we'll soon be signing up for the trip uh, in January. Don't necessarily know where we're going, but when we do, we'll let you know. And I encourage some of you new men to go with us. Um, we always take the guys that know what they're doing, so they got to go, okay? So the plumbers, electricians, people that know what they're doing. Um, but the rest of us can go and sling mud and screw screws in the sheetrock, do whatever we got to do, hold the ladder. Um, I encourage you to go. Let the Lord touch your heart. Now let's bow forward to prayer and be dismissed tonight. Remember this week, let's pray for Brother Bruce on Thursday and pray for Brother... Uh, uh, Nick, that the Lord would strengthen him this week. I do believe that we pray and lift him up, that God will answer and keep him strong. Most people, well, 
my brother had cancer. He had 48 different treatments, and he made it to 24 and gave up and died. He didn't do what he was told to do. He said, can I go to a service and, and hear my favorite preacher? The doctor says, if you go, you have zero immunity. Wear a mask, don't touch anybody. He was so exhausted. He took off his mask and shook everybody's hands. And he was dead three days later. So I'm pleading for the Lord to give Nick strength. I ask you to join me. Um, because strength and encouragement is everything in a battle against fear for Bruce, for Nick, for anybody else. Folks, it's a family. Let's, let's lift each other up. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, tonight, thank you for being our Heavenly Father and for loving us so much. Thank you for being good in your very nature, good to us when we don't deserve it. And Lord, I thank you for the missions trip and all the good things it did for the young people. I pray that you'd help them never to forget it. Dear Lord, I, I pray that you'd bless their brothers this week as they go for these treatments and surgeries. Lord, would you lift them up, calm their hearts, stand with them. Lord, I pray that you'd give us traveling mercies. Help us to live this week like you're coming to get us on Friday in your image. In your name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed tonight. Thank you for coming. Lord bless you.